Praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Why don't we go straight to prayer? Heavenly Father, God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this time that we're about to have with you, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that Holy Spirit will minister to every single listener that is out there today. Touch them and speak to them in your own special way, O Lord God. Heavenly Father, I give this time and this space entirely over to you. Take it where you will for your honor and glory and your praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Praise God, praise God. Again, welcome to Genesis 1. Glad you could join us here. And let me just say right at the beginning, why don't you go get your Bible and uh, uh, hit pause, go get your Bible, get a pencil, a marker, a piece of paper, something to write on it. Take some notes, all right? Uh, It's it's important that as we're studying the word like this, that um, as uh, Holy Spirit so guides that you take notes, highlight, underline certain things in Scripture, because God will bring them back to your memory. Uh, in the future when you when you need them. Amen. So it's, it's a good study habit. You did that when you're in school, I'm sure. So consider doing that when you're studying the Word of God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I just want to say that um, for openers also, you may understand that, or you should know, that your past is not God's future for you. Okay? Your past is not God's future for you. God has created a great separator between the past and the future, and that separator is called today. So every day can be a new day of opportunity in God's plan and future for you. All right? Every day can be a new opportunity as a part of his plan. We have to make an effort to live in our today. We have to make an effort to live in our today and trust God for a great tomorrow. Okay? All right? And trust him for a great tomorrow. And while we're trusting him for that great tomorrow, during the course of, of what we call everyday life, we wind up having anxieties. And no matter what the cause of our cares and anxieties are, God wants us to know that he wants us to cast his cares upon him. Okay, it's quite natural and normal for all of us to have as a part of life. Think God, Jesus said you will have tribulations, but he's greater than those tribulations. And so God wants us to know that we can cast our cares upon him. If you found yourself burdened down, anxious or worried about any area of your life, any area of your life, then I believe that this message is for you. This is the time for you to to take heed to what the word of God is saying. Because whatever you're going through, it is not too much for God to bear. Not too much for him to bear at all. God doesn't just want your biggest cares, what you consider to be your biggest cares, but he wants all of them. He wants all of your cares to just be given to him so you don't have to burden yourself with them. And if we go to Matthew 11, Matthew 11, verse 25, Matthew 11, verse 25. You see that it says, At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Okay? He hid these things from the wise and prudent. The wise and prudent are those people who are wise and prudent in their own eyes. Okay? They're, they're, they're feeling that they know it all, and they think that they know the answers to life outside of God. Okay? He's hid those things from the wise and the prudent, and has revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it deemed seemed good in thy sight, All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knows the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Come unto me all that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Underline that, please. Come unto me all that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. 
and you shall find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Okay? So Jesus is saying if you're burdened with something, if you're carrying something, you're heavy laden and you're laboring at, at, at fixing something in your life or finding a solution in it to your life, it says to, to, to give it to him and he will give you rest. He'll give you some rest, peace from whatever it is that you're struggling with. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I am meek and lowly and you shall find rest in your souls. In other words, Yoke yourself to Jesus. You know what a yoke is? You know, you ever seen pictures of, of uh, uh, two oxen working and they have this uh, yoke that goes between them. It keeps them both guided, you know, it keeps them in the same direction and so forth, okay? So we need to yoke our lives to Jesus, if you will, because if Jesus, if we're, we're yoked and we're tied to Jesus, then it means that Jesus then is guiding us. So we commit ourselves and lock ourselves, link ourselves to Jesus, and it says that you shall find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light, okay? So the only thing that we have to remember, what I'm saying to you at this point, is to stop trying yourself. Stop trying to hold yourself to give our burdens to God, okay? The Word of God talks more about that if we go to Psalm 55, verse 16. Psalm 55, verse number 16. We see there it says, as for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Do you realize that? If you call upon God, that he'll save you. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. Again, this is the word of God here, all right? Do you believe that? Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and, and uh, cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. He has delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. Whatever battle is going on again. Sometimes when we're struggling with something in life, it feels like a battle, all right? It's just like you being out there on the battlefield and you've got an enemy that's coming at you and you do have an enemy if you're struggling with something that's an enemy. That old devil, that old demon, that demonic presence is there that's just battling what you're trying to do and you're trying your best to resist and survive. All right, okay? He has delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many with me. God shall hear and afflict them, even he that abides of old, Selah. Because they have no changes, therefore they fear not God. He has put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. He has broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn swords. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. So never suffer the righteous to be moved, okay? And if you look at verse number 22, we break it down a little bit, what that is saying there, cast thy burden upon the Lord. Anything that you're carrying or caring about, and then you're carrying uh, as a load is a burden. So if you're caring about something, and I mean caring in a negative way, you're worried about something. I don't mean caring like you care for someone that you love. I'm talking if you're caring for something in a negative way, that means you're carrying cares and you're carrying a burden, okay? So care, therefore, is a burden, and it makes the heart stoop. Makes this, it makes the heart of man stoop. We must commit our ways and works to the Lord. Let him do, let him do, let him do as seems good, okay? And then let us be satisfied. That's what God wants to do. To cast our burden upon God is to rest upon his power and promise. And if we do that, if we do that, he will carry us in the arms of his power and will strengthen our spirits by his spirit so that we can sustain the trial, right? If we give it to God, then he will indeed sustain us. The ideal thing is for us to start our day with the Lord. This will minimize the cares that we face. 
Even Jesus took his cares to the Father. He always prayed. The Bible talks about him going off and praying to God. When we go to God, we must lift our cares from our shoulders and cast them on to the one who is infinitely able to carry them. Mm-hmm. Get those cares off of your shoulders. God's shoulders are broad, if you will. And he's very capable of carrying your cares, okay? And thereby lifting that burden off of you so where you will feel light and you'll feel airy because you're not burdened down and worrying about whatever that situation is in your life. The other part it says there, and uh, um, uh, it also says, and he shall sustain thee. Not only is God able to carry our cares and our burdens, but he's able to carry us too. He will provide for you during the time of trial. Okay, During the time that you're going through, whatever it is that you're going through, and whatnot, you just give that care to God. He's going to carry you through whatever it is, is that you need during that time, be it finances, be it some other provisions or whatever it is, peace of mind. God will sustain you. All right. So if you give something to God and don't say, well, gee whiz now, what, what, what am I going to do? I have this I have this need. I have this thing that I'm worried about. And I need an answer by tomorrow. What am I going to do in the meantime? I give it to God. What am I going to do in the meantime? Well, don't worry about it. You just give it to God. God knows what you need for tomorrow and the next day and the next day. God will take care of that need, whether it's in five minutes or whether it's in five hours or five days. But in the meantime, until that thing materializes, until you are totally relieved of that issue in the natural, God will indeed sustain you. He'll take you through whatever it is that you need, and he will indeed provide. Okay, he will provide. He he will also give you a fresh anointing of Holy Spirit and give you strength and perfect peace when you trust in him. You won't know how you'll get through it, but you'll just be at so at ease knowing that he's on the case, as I always say, and Holy Spirit will guide you. He'll give you the strength also. The other part of that verse 22 says he shall never suffer or allow. He shall never allow the righteous to be moved. The righteous are those people, those of us who love God, love what is right, and we try our best to do what is right. He will never, ever allow the righteous to be moved, to be shaken by any troubles. And, you know, he'll never allow us to, to stop trusting in God. And, and we can find comfort in him at all ways, all times. Okay? He won't allow you to get to the point where you're just so torn down and, 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 and so feeling so dejected and so forth like that that you just want to give up. You give it to him. Holy Spirit will indeed strengthen you and give you the strength and the faith to go through whatever needs to be done. Okay? He will not allow the righteous to be moved. We see that we just simply cannot take on cares. We go to another familiar scripture here and go to uh, Philippians 4, 6. For verse number six. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, that your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, So keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God, the peace of God will keep your mind. Okay. So we, again, again, this is not being careful about anything. Okay. Not carrying cares or worries, but in prayer to give it to God. And then the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Now, one of the things you don't want to do is when you've cast that, that burden onto God and you literally feel that uh, relief taken off your shoulders, you feel like it's a weight taken off your shoulders and you may suck in a deep breath and, and then exhale like that. And you feel like, gee whiz, I do feel lighter. I do feel lighter. Boy, I don't have to worry about that. Don't start questioning, why do I have this peace? <laughs> the peace that passes all understanding. Don't start questioning and wondering, well, gee whiz, why do I have this peace? Why do I feel so much lighter? Because then that becomes a problem again, because then you start wondering, well, gee whiz, I've got this issue going on. Why do I feel so at ease? Okay. 
it, it, you won't be able to understand it. Just know that God has taken the issue from you and you just thank him, thank him for the peace that you'll receive and don't dwell on it anymore. You just continue moving on and doing whatever it is that you have to do. Okay. The word of God is so full talking about casting cares upon God. You know, one Psalm, Psalm 37, if we turn to Psalm 37, go to Psalm 37, and that is all about basically casting our cares on God. Psalm 37, verse number one. Okay. Number one starts with, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be, be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Okay. Fretting about other people, especially those that are doing evil, can become a source of anxiety and stress for us. It can definitely become a source of stress and anxiety for us, especially for us Christians. And you know that by looking at the news or TV or radio or online. I mean, if you're following social media and everything, the things that you see people doing that you know those people are unbelievers and non-believers, but yet still they seem to be prospering and so forth like that. And we wind up fretting about it. That becomes a burden. It becomes anxiety for us. Okay. So God is telling us, don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't fret about evildoers. Don't be envious against the workers of iniquity. One thing we don't want to be is we don't want to be envious. Okay. We see people out there that are, are not believers and they seem to be doing so well. They've got two and three very nice cars, maybe two and three very nice houses and so forth like that. And, and, and here we are children of God. And, and right now you may be struggling with something, but don't be comparing yourself to them. Okay. These are evildoers. Don't worry about them. God will take them, take care of them. It says in verse two, for they will soon be cut down like the grass. They shall wither as the green herb. Verse number three says, trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land and verily you shall be fed. Okay. So again, all we got to do is trust in the Lord. Don't worry about them. Just trust in God. Okay. Whatever's going on in your life, whatever anxiety is there, just trust in God. And it says, and verily you shall be fed. When it says fed, there's not just talking about food that you eat. Fed means provisions. Okay. You will be provided for. Just simply trust in God. Don't worry about the evil ones. Don't worry about anything that's going on. You just trust in the Lord, okay? And he will provide everything that you need. Verse 4 says, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the, desire, the desires of thine heart. Okay, so delight is having some joy in the Lord. You're trusting him and you're having delight. You know that God is taking care of you. You know that God has been there for you and he will be there for you. And then it says that he'll give you what those things are that you need in your heart, okay? Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Okay? Commit thy way again is talking about giving him something. Okay? Cast that burden on him, give it to him. You know, the word commit there, you know, and I'm sure you, you've seen it used before when it talks about committing someone to a hospital or so forth. You know, you, you have someone, a family member, a loved one um, that, that has that has uh, medical needs and other needs that you simply are not equipped to provide. You're not a doctor, but the person needs, you know, 24-7 attention and so forth. And so you wind up putting them into the place where they can receive that care. That's committing someone into the care of someone that is more professional or is more able to do what needs to be done for that person. So that's what it means there when it says, commit our way unto the Lord. Give to God. Give it to the professional God. Give it to the professional God. Give it to the professional God that is able to handle the thing that is going on in your life. Okay? If you could have fixed it, if you could have handled it, I'm sure you would have done it a long time ago. But obviously you can't because you're in this, predic in this predicament right now and you've got things that are going on. So commit that to God and give it to him. And it says, and he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. 
Rest in the Lord. After you've committed that thing to God, then simply rest in him. Rest in the Lord and do what? Wait patiently for him. Okay? Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Again, fret not thyself because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. Okay, So rest in the Lord. Just sit back and rest in God. No, Lord God, I know you're going to take care of this thing. I'm not going to be worrying about so-and-so. I'm not going to be thinking about so-and-so who seems to be prospering, you know. Maybe they're prospering in the here and now, you know, with the riches, quote unquote, but their eternal lives, if they continue in the way that they're going, they're not going to be prospering in their eternal lives, okay? Because they're acting outside of God. They've got wicked ways that are going on, and so they're certainly not going to prosper into eternity, okay? Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any way to do evil, for evil doers shall be cut off. But those who wait upon the Lord shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, you shall diligently seek them. They shall not be found. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Okay? A little bit about the wicked here. It says the wicked plot against the, uh, against the just. Nash upon him is with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and the needy and to slay such as be of upright conversation. This sword shall enter into their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. Let me underline that and say it again. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. Talking about us. The Lord upholds us. The Lord knows the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time and in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. So regardless of whatever shortage may be in the land, we shall indeed be satisfied because God will take care of us. But the wicked shall perish and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume and the smoke shall they consume away. The wicked borrow and payeth not again, but the righteous shows mercy, mercy and gives. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his right hand. I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. Okay. And then the 37 continues. You go down to verse number 34. Wait on the Lord and keep his way. He shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. Verse 40, uh, 39 says, but the salvation of the righteous is the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. Remember that God is your strength in the time of trouble. Whatever has you anxious right now, whatever burden you're carrying, give it to God and he will be your strength when you feel like you're in trouble. Verse 40, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him, because they trust in him. Amen. Amen. So you see that sometimes we experience unnecessary, you know, prolonged anxiety, prolonged burdens, if you will. And it's because of the fact we were never designed to carry those burdens. But if they're being prolonged in your life, then something else is going on. Prolonged anxiety occurs when we bring something to God in prayer, but then we ultimately take it back. 
you ultimately take it back. If you've got prolonged anxiety, especially over the same issue, okay, and you've given it to God, that prolonged anxiety is because you have taken it back. And that's really the substance of this message today, okay? Taking burdens back. We don't want to be taking burdens back from God. Once we've given it to God, we want to leave it there. When we give a burden to God, it really feels so great because we are, we are essentially giving the burden, our worries and our cares of that thing over to him. And that really feels good to release it. When we're doing that, okay, and Philippians talks about that 4, 6 instructs us to do, you know, which says don't be careful for anything, careful or anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, okay, this is casting your care. This is when you're giving that thing to God. And when we present our requests to him, we feel that overwhelming peace, hopefully, which the scripture talked about. That's what verse 7 was talking about. And the peace of God will pass all your understanding. However, the problem arises when we take back that thing that we gave to God in the first place. Again, I say when we take it back. Some of the things that we, we, we take back, by we, we do that by trying to take back control of something that we surrendered to him. Okay, you gave it to God, but then all of a sudden you want to take control back of that thing that you gave to him, you know, or that we're trying to figure out our own way when you started out asking for God's direction. Okay, you gave it to God, but now you want to all of a sudden figure out how you can go about fixing it and, and doing it yourself. You want to take control of the situation that you gave to God. Okay, this is how we take things back. All of the things, you know, that we do when we do those things that we take back, is it's the very thing that we gave to God and it creates a problem for us. All right. It creates a problem. It stretches out that anxiety, that worry, that stress. If you want to take an example, you know, suppose you have a family member that's mature and, and you think enough of them and, and you trust them. You tell that family member that you're going to put them in, in charge of, you know, decorating your living room or decorating your theater room, let's say, or your bedroom, whatever, some part of your house. In addition to that, you're going to tell them, OK, you choose the, the video system. You pick out my furniture, what kind of couch wants to go in there and so on. And you tell them to do that. And the person is overjoyed. The person is really happy. Gee whiz, wow, they're trusting me to do all of this to their house. You know, and I know how much they care about this house and they're trusting me to do it. So they're really joyful over it, okay? okay? But then all of a sudden, you start deciding to pick the couch for yourself. You start picking the decor, you know, the video system, the big screen TV or whatever, you know. You decide to pick up and do it yourself anyway. You tell them, or maybe you don't even tell them, but you just start doing it on your own, okay? And you make the selections. How does that person feel? Stop and think about it. The one that you said, I trust you so much, because that's what you're basically saying to them, that I want you to decorate my entire house or decorate my, my, uh, my, my video system, you know, choose my video system. Now, how does that person feel? The person feels that you didn't trust them in the first place, you know, or maybe they feel, oh, well, I guess they think that their taste is better than mine, so they decided to do it on their own. In either case, the person feels disappointed, and the person certainly does not feel good. Doesn't that feel good about themselves? And they start maybe not feeling so good about you either. All right, all right, okay. So it's you, you want to, in addition to that, what have you created? Now, now you've created a position where you now have the responsibility and you've got the burden of doing your own decorating and picking your own video system, which means now you got to take time to, 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 to go, to go shopping, store shopping, and so online or whatever it may be. You got to do the research. If you're like me, when it comes down to the video systems or anything electronic like that, I do a lot of research and it can take me hours, maybe days sometimes, depending on what I'm looking for. And so that's a, that's a, it's a lot of work. So you wind up taking a burden on yourself. You told someone to do it. 
You said, take on this responsibility. Take this from me so I don't have to do it. But then you turn around and you do it anyway. Okay. So now you, 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 you just basically you said to that person, I don't trust you to do it. I think I can make a better choice. That's what you basically said to the person. I don't trust you to do it, so therefore I'm just going to simply do it myself. Mm-hmm. Okay? That action of giving a task to someone and then taking it back is what we do with God in many times. And that's what I'm talking about here today. You give your burden to God and you leave it with God and don't take it back. Because then are you basically saying to yourself and are you saying to God that I can fix it better than you? Or you're taking too long, God, or whatever. You give it to God and you decide you're going to act on it. Why did you give it to God in the first place? Okay. So once you give something to God, you got to leave it there with him. You give things to God, do not take it back. God has promised to do things for you. And as I said before, the Bible is full of promises. There are many books on the subject, you know. You know, and, and many, many, many concordances and things that you can buy on, on the, the promises of God. And if you do buy some of those books, make sure they're from a reputable author and so forth. But, but there are many promises written in the Bible there about how God promised to provide financial provision, protection, direction, and so forth. You can relax with confidence knowing that God will indeed do his part. So you, you don't have to take it back from him. When you ask God for something or you give something over to him, you're basically saying that, Lord, I trust you to do and take care of that area of my life. And I don't need to worry about it getting done anymore because, Lord, I know that you're quite capable of doing. That's what you're saying. But every time you give something to God and then take it back, you're taking on more than you can handle again because we are simply not designed to handle things on our own. God said in the word that he created man and man should go forth and, you know, replenish the earth and, and have dominion over the earth and so on. But it didn't mean that you had to do that all by yourself. Okay. God wants you to come to him and to seek him. When you take things back, you're saying that you don't trust God. You don't think he's able. Okay. So you have to realize that the act of giving a burden to God is it's a transaction. And there's three parts of that transaction. The first part is that you give the burden to God. Okay. The second part is God willingly, very willingly takes the burden. God happily takes that burden. And then the third step is that we leave it there. Okay. We give it to God. God takes it. And then we leave the burden there. Those are the three steps of the transaction. Now, many times we take back those things from God without even realizing that we're taking it back. I know it's happened to me. I can give something to God and pray to the Lord. Okay, Lord, you start, you know, take this, take this from me. And I feel the relief. I feel the burden take on. And then a, a day or so goes by, whatever. And all of a sudden I find myself thinking about that again and wondering, gee, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? And I have to stop myself in my tracks. Sometimes Holy Spirit will actually say to me in that quiet way of his, didn't you give that to me? Meaning God. Because Holy Spirit is God. <laughs> Amen. Didn't you give that to God? So why are you meddling in it again? Because that's what you're doing. Okay? Once you give that burden to God, you've passed it on to him. That's his property, so to speak. It's his burden now. He's taken it from you and he's going to manage it. So why are you sticking your fingers in it? You know, why are you meddling? Leave it alone. Don't take the, back, take the burden back. And again, I say, sometimes we do that unwittingly. We don't even realize it. Right. So therefore, we have to understand, first of all, how much God cares for us. And how much he loves us. Also, we have to know what his promises to us are. Take the area of finances, for example. God promised to provide all of our needs. He promised to provide all of our needs. And if you go to Philippians 4.19. 
Philippians 4.19. Just the one verse I want to do there, and that's, but my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Okay? God will supply all that you need according to his riches, and God owns everything. God owns everything. God owns the, the cattle of a thousand hills, Scripture says. Okay? So if he knows he has all of that and he knows what you need, then why wouldn't God supply it? See, so that's where we have to get to the point of understanding the scripture and reminding us ourselves, reminding ourselves of that when we feel the urge all of a sudden start meddling in what we gave to God. Well, wait a minute, though. God said He will supply all of my needs. So what am I? What am I meddling for? He'll supply all your needs in terms of finances, in terms of health, in terms of uh, provisions, a roof over your head, food on your table. Okay, God will supply all of your needs. All right. So therefore, we have to remember that sometimes when we think about meddling and taking back what we've given to God. So if you if you don't know and believe that this is something he told you that he would do, then you won't really know if you can hand that burden over to him because you don't know if you can trust him. If you don't know what that scripture means, then you may hesitate to give that burden to God because you're not sure you can trust him. Well, how do I know that God's going to take care of that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've got this issue. I've got this. I've got that going on. Can I give it to God? Gee, is he going to manage that? Does he want to manage that? Okay. Well, God in his word says that he does. So knowing his promises will certainly help us to know that we can give thanks to him. You know? And it goes without saying that there are times that there is still a part of us that still want to play in the game and still want to meddle. So we have to make sure that we keep our hands out of things once we give it to him. Right. So a few things for us to do. One thing to do is to remind yourself of all the victories that he's given you in the past. You may start off by slowly remembering that, that uh, you know, how he healed you, how he provided miraculously some finances that you desperately needed to pay a bill or something else, you know. Start reminding yourself, you know, thinking about those things. And once you start doing that, all of a sudden, your, your, your memory will open like a floodgate. You'll start thinking back to the times that God brought you through. You'll start remembering what he did for you before. What did David say to uh, Saul when he was preparing to go out there to defeat uh, Goliath, the Philistine Goliath? You know, Saul was trying to discourage him and everything. You're, you're but a boy. He's a seasoned, uh, a seasoned warrior and so forth. And David said, I know the time that God delivered me from the lion and the bear. He shall also deliver me from this Goliath. I'm paraphrasing, of course, the scriptures. But David reminded Saul that God brought me through this and brought me through that. So God will bring me through this also. That's what you have to remind yourself of. God has brought you through many things through your lifetime to the point that you're here listening to this message. So start thinking about that. And if he delivered you through those things, then he can certainly deliver you through whatever is going on in your life right now. So cast that care over to him and don't take it back. Don't start thinking, well, gee, I'd better get in there and start doing this or start doing that. Leave it where it is. Cast your cares by stopping those worried thoughts that come through your mind before they even start. Okay. Stop them before they even start, do you mind? Let's go to 2 Corinthians 10.3. 2 Corinthians 10.3. For though we walk in the flesh, flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For weapons of our warfare are not carnal, not earthly, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought, 
through the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Amen? Amen? So we see there that we don't, our warfare is not against carnal things. In other words, whereas the thing that we need, the things that we need to defeat whatever burdens and worries we have going on are, are, are not of the flesh. Okay, We're talking about things, issues here that in our minds, the things that are happening in our lives is of a spiritual nature. And one of my other messages I talked about in a little more detail. So we have to remember that. Okay, The weapons of our warfare are not worldly, are not carnal, are not earthly, they're not fleshly, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. A stronghold is something that takes place in your life that you just can't seem to shake. Okay, you've got a constant worry over the same thing, particular item, let's say, you know, or you've got a particular fear over something and you just can't seem to shake it. That's become a stronghold. All right. So you need to address that on a spiritual nature. That's how that needs to be dealt with. It can't be dealt with through, you know, by, by writing an email, by sending a text or whatever. It's something that is through a, a, of a spiritual nature. And we have to address it, address it that way. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing it to captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. The mind is where the battle between worry, which is fear, the mind is where the battle between worry, which is fear, and peace, which is faith, okay? So there's a battle going on between fear and faith, and that's where it takes place, is right there in our mind. Whatever you allow to captivate your mind will rule your life, okay? Whatever you allow to captivate your mind, that's what winds up ruling your life. If you let this fearful thing or this burden or this anxiety that you have, if you let that just captivate you, just consume you, it will wind up ruling your life. Therefore, your life becomes counterproductive for God and for yourself, for that matter. And you just stay in a constant state of worry where, where your life becomes miserable. You become more and more stoop-shouldered, more and more burdened, burdened down. All right? All right? So, so remember that. Okay, you, You've got that worry, which is fear, and you've got obliterating that fear, and that's through our faith which is giving us the peace that we would need through our faith. So if you want the word of God to reign over your thoughts, you have to resist the devil. He tries when he tries to plant anything contrary, anything contrary to the word of God in your mind. So you've got to take that thought captive as the word of God says. That's why to cast your cares on God, you have to stop worried thoughts before they even start. Okay. You have to stop those worried thoughts before they even start. Okay. And you know how it winds up beginning. You know, you get a phone call, you get a letter in the mail or an email or something, and it's not good news. And that's, that's where it starts. And then immediately your mind begins racing. Now, this is where there's a fork in the road. Okay, You get that news, and right away your bad news, and right away your mind starts racing. And then you get to this fork in the road, and you have to make a choice. Are you going to begin to worry, or will you stand firm in your faith? And tell the devil to be gone. Tell that devil he's a liar. Okay? All right? Again, picture, because we've all been there. You get that letter, you get that email, phone call, whatever it may be, or someone comes up and talks to you and gives you some negative news. Your mind starts running, and then you've got a choice. You've got a choice to, 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 to either tell the devil to be gone, okay, or take up that faith that you have. Take up that faith in God. Tell that evil one to get out of your mind. The only way to kick the devil out of your mind is to take that thought captive. Whatever that letter, or email, or word from someone else gave you that was so negative, take that thought captive immediately. Don't dally. Immediately take it captive. That means to stop it in its tracks and keep it from being free to roam around in your mind. All right? Don't entertain that thought with that bad news. Right? 
So one action step that we can do is once you've taken a thought captive, when that worried thought tries to creep back in immediately, begin praying in the spirit. You'll find it is impossible to worry when your spirit is in tune with God's word. It's in tune with God, for that matter, because you're praying. So the minute that thought hits, you just start praying. You start praying. You start praying. Don't let that thought wind up getting foothold in your body. You cast your cares by replacing worry with the word. You go to Joshua 2, Joshua 1, sorry, Joshua 1. Joshua 1, verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand nor to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. And then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Okay. So there's the instruction right there. To meditate, verse number eight. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Okay. So therefore, if we're meditating upon God's word, we're thinking about God's word, then it's going to be there. It's going to be in our minds when that devil tries to plant that thought, when that thought enters in, and he's trying to take us down that garden path. So we have to make sure that we shut it down. Your next step in casting your cares to on Jesus is to replace your worry with the word of God. Remember that scripture, with the word of God. Your word, you know, you know that, that word that's there, uh, verse number seven, be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded them, turn not from it, from the right unto the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. And it says there in verse number nine, have not commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee. So remember that when that devil puts that thought in your mind or that bad news come in, remember, replace it. Go into prayer. Remember that the Lord God is with me whithersoever I go. Peace comes by acting on the word that says to cast all your worry and anxiety over to him. You must replace those thoughts with the word. You got to replace them with the words. It's as simple as that. You go to Philippians 4, 8. Back to Philippians again. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. So when that thought comes in, start thinking on on things that are pure. Think, Think on the things of God. Think on what it's going to be like in heaven. Think about what, what your life into eternity is going to be like. Think about the wonderful things, again, that God has done for you. You are the one who must control your mind, but you're not without help. Okay, Control your mind, you're not without help. The word says that the peace of God will guard over your heart and mind, Philippians 4, 7, the greater one who dwells within you and help you as you are obedient to replace your worries with his word. 
Another thing you can remind yourself, what's the scripture say? Greater is he that is in me, meaning the spirit of God. Greater is he that is in me than you, foul spirit, that's in this world. And so when that negative thought starts trying to come in into your, into your mind and, and dominate your life, then remind yourself of that. The Holy Spirit is in you. That's a wonderful thing to think about and to know that he is there to guide you and to help you. you replace that, that thought. Okay. Another action step is you can't combat thoughts. You can't combat thoughts with thoughts. You combat thoughts with words, you know, and you can test it yourself. You can test it yourself, you know, silently while you're listening to this silently. Just start beginning to recite the alphabet, A, B, C, D, and so on. Do that right now. I'll be quiet for just a couple of seconds. Now say your name. When you said your name, what had to happen? What happened to your alphabet counting, if you will, A, B, C, D? When you said your name, it stopped. The alphabet thoughts stopped. Your mind had to stop thinking about letters and think about your name. Now, obviously, you didn't have to give a whole lot of thought to your name, I hope. you know. But you can't be going A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and then your name. Something has to stop. So the alphabet counting, if you will, has to stop for you to say your name. When you have a worried thought, speak the word out loud. It'll work every single time. You got that worried thought coming through your mind, you speak the word out loud. Okay. Got that fear that's popping up in your mind, just stop it. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke that thought because God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Got that pain going up your back all of a sudden. And then you say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke that because with Jesus stripes, I am healed. So you replace, replace that thought with the word of God. Replace it. You can't wind up thinking on something if you're, if you're thinking on the word of God, thinking on some negative thought if you're saying and thinking on the word of God. If you haven't already done so, uh, pray about the thing that you're worrying about and release it to God, knowing that he has promised to take care of you. And then don't take the burden back. Don't take it back again. Ask him to show you if there is anything that you should do and then leave the rest to him and don't take the burden back from him. Ask him if there's anything that you should do. If he's quiet about it, then don't take the burden back. Don't meddle any further. Don't meddle any further. If you've already prayed about it and given every area of your life to the Lord, but you still find yourself worrying about it, then it most likely is because you haven't tried to deal with it on your own. It's most likely because you tried to deal with it on your own. Don't keep trying to deal with it on your own. Just leave it to God. Recognize that he has promised to take care of you. He has promised to guide you. He's promised to provide for you and release it once and all, once and for all over to him. And don't take the burden back from God. If you find yourself worrying about that again, stop writing your tracks and say, no, I refuse to worry about this thing anymore because God is taking care of it. God is on the case. God promises that if we do this, that his peace that passes all understanding will flood our mind as we put trust in him, as it says in Philippians 4, 7. Okay, so remember, the whole key is in casting your burden is, is once you've given it to God, don't take it back again. Just leave it with him. God is very, very capable. He wants, he wants, he wants to take care of your burdens off of you. He wants to manage your life. He wants to bring you through all sorts of turmoil and, and, and just to let you be there so that you can, 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 can rest in the spirit and, and know and feel his love and feel his presence and live a very, very fruitful life. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hope this message was a blessing to you. And 
If it was a pass on where we can be reached uh, to others, uh, we can be found at www.genesis1.sermon.net www.genesis1.sermon.net Look at the top of the page and you'll see a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button and you'll be notified uh, automatically when these messages are available. Uh, We're on YouTube, Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. And of course, we have our free apps for Android and Apple devices. And those apps free of charge can be downloaded um, from the respective uh, Play Stores. Uh, app stores, and uh, um, they're free of charge. Again, I say, uh, they're for your use, uh, to pass them around, pass them around. Um, All of these messages can be downloaded free of charge also. Either the video or the uh, audio-only portion can both be downloaded uh, from the apps or from the uh, website there. And again, it's all free. You just want to make sure that the Word of God gets out there. God does not want want anyone to perish, and so we're trying to make the Word available uh, wherever and as much as possible. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Why don't we close in prayer? Heavenly Father, again, thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, Lord God. And now as we go through the balance of the day and week ahead, we pray that we shall remember these words and keep these words deeply planted within our spirits so that they cannot be stolen away by the evil one, Lord. We praise you, Lord God, and magnify thy name. And we thank you for all things, both great and small. I pray that you all go forth and be blessed and always remember that. Jesus is Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. Here we are. Thank you, Lord. In your prayer.